What's up, Balcony? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's been too tough lately in life. I mean, um, I spent like all my summer on the road at camps and it was awesome. And then it got really crazy at the end of the summer where um, my, my uncle who I lived uh, really close to right next door to him uh, my whole life, he passed away and uh, and it's like, and then um, a grandparent passed, and then it just seemed like it got so heavy. And I spent all of August celebrating the life of people, you know, after they couldn't hear what we were saying. And I remember being in this funeral home in Toledo, Ohio, all right? And uh, Toledo, what's up? And it's like we're talking about this person and people are writing all these great stories and I'm looking around the room and it's like that person never said a kind word in their life about my uncle. It's like, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, maybe we should say some nice things about people while they're kind of like still here. Does that make sense? And that was the deal with Dr. Lowe. I can't tell you how much I love and respect him. Um, he is such a godly influence for our campus. It's an amazing, amazing, godly man. And uh, uh, I think we're so privileged um, to be connected and to be associated with somebody like that. His, his life echoes, if that makes sense. You know, let, let me go to a, the word here. If you have your Bible, go to Luke. And in Luke, go all the way to the end. Go to chapter 24. All right, go to Luke 24 and go all the way to the end of 24. And I, I want to um, start there really quick because I've been messed up about this um, since the beginning of the semester. In fact, after class uh, yesterday afternoon, I have a class that starts at 420 and gets out at 6 and then a bunch of us hung out afterwards and just talked. And basically, um, I've been struggling with something um, for a long time in this in this passage, and let me start, and I'll read it for you, and then we'll kind of work through it a little bit. But basically, basically Jesus has, I mean, he just run through it all. I mean, we got the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and at the end of this right here, he's, he's been through the crucifixion and the resurrection, and now he's in that phase of ministry where he's, he's just connecting and revealing himself to so many people. He's kind of handing off this, this whole thing to those who are believers, who followed him and stayed with him. And now it comes to the point where basically he's walking on this road, you know, to this town, and, and all of a sudden these two people are hanging out with him, and then they don't know who he is, and they're all talking about this crazy person who's done these amazing things, and can it be real? Can it be true? And they, they get to this house, and this is kind of, you know, 24, and, and I'm like, you know, in 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, now I'm down to 40, 44, 45, and, and, and Jesus sits down with these people, and, and then they recognize who he is. And then all of a sudden, in verse 44, um, he's talking to a group of people, and he said, look, look when I was with you, um, before I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then it says right here, then he opened their minds 
that they might understand Scripture. I mean, that's pretty intense right there when you think about it. He opened their minds so they might understand. They might begin to get it. And so I started digging about this. It's like, what's going on here? How could their minds not already be opened? A bunch of these people were there. They, they were on that little, you know, beach on the side of the big, big lake called the Sea of Galilee there. And, and, and they, weren't, they weren't brought into the inner circle of any rabbi. And then this guy named Jesus comes by and connects with them and, and brings them around. And all of a sudden their life takes on a different meaning and a different purpose. And they get to witness all these crazy things. And then they're a part of walking and seeing Jesus do miraculous stuff. And then all of a sudden they see what he says and how he says it and how he interacts and connects with people. And then how they respond. And then they crucify him and they see this and they experience this. And then they, they, they go hide and they get away from it. And then all of a sudden they recognize that there's nobody in the tomb. And then they see him alive again. And after all of that, after three years of all that intensity, relationship and connection you think by that moment after all the miracles and the things that they had seen firsthand with Jesus they might have come to the point where they believe I mean I, I get it I mean he, he must be who he says he is not quite in fact if you keep on going down a little bit further maybe some of them did but this group didn't get to this point where now he leads them out of the city this hill that I've stood on with Dr. Wilbur Williams a couple different times. And uh, um, you stand on the, this, this hill overlooking the city, and it's like, wow. This might have been the place where this took place. And it says this. He's talking to them. I will send you the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city and wait till the Holy Spirit comes on you. Then Jesus led them out to this little spot I'm talking about to you. He lifted his hands to heaven. He blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem, filled with amazing joy. So it's like, okay, what does that mean? Well, then I start looking it up. And worship is used 52 times in the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And basically only twice is this word used. The word used for worship here is proskuneto. It's, it's totally different than the other words that are used in conjunction with worship. I mean, you guys know all the sermons and stories about love and how many different meanings of there is love. Same thing with worship. I mean, there's a lot of things I worship because I like them. I like their style. I, I like the way they're made. I like the way it tastes. I like the, you know, their team or whatever. But this word is not that same thing. It's not based on my likes or, or my tendencies or my gifts or my talents or yours. What happened here is this, is that they finally came to the point, Proskuneto, that they recognized Jesus for all that he is. Yes, he was supernatural. Yes, he did amazing things. Yes, they saw it firsthand, but for some of them, including these people right here, they never fully recognized or understood that Jesus is just not this great miracle-working person who might be a prophet, but he actually is deity. He actually is God. And a complete response to finally recognizing that he actually is 
is instant worship. Not based on how they feel about him, not based on their tendencies, not based on their likes, not based on their experiences, but based in the truth and the fact that Jesus Christ is God. And when that recognition took place, all the other stupid things seemed to dissipate. And a complete response, an instant response of recognizing who Jesus is, was worship. So I start messing around with this idea of worship. I mean, what really is it? What is proskuneto? What does it mean to really, really recognize, understand, grasp that Jesus is God and I'm not? And that he demands all of me. I was messing around with that. I was messing around with that idea. And here's a couple of things that came up with for us. Because we're all a part of this amazing community here at IWU. And what we bring in to this place is a bunch of likes and a bunch of opinions and a bunch of experiences that all could be okay in their own context. I recognize that worship is broken up two different ways. There's this private expression of worship where all of a sudden it's you alone recognizing, seeking, searching, trying to figure out who he is. It's, it's you by yourself somewhere secluded, trying to work this out, which is completely appropriate. But it's also you together, the corporate body, where you're a part of a bunch of individual people who are trying to work it out individually, where you come together corporately. And, and it's kind of different because when you come together corporately, it's, it's, it's a lot of other people with a lot of other experiences and a lot of other ideas and a lot of other styles and approaches of recognizing who Jesus really is. The other thing I noticed was this, that in any culture that exists, when there's a lack of suffering, worship gets really sloppy. When there's a lack of pain and suffering, worship gets really opinionated. When there's a lack of suffering, worship gets really arrogant. It gets, you know, all of a sudden, our focus goes off that he is, and we are not, to what we like. What's our style? What's our personal preference? I don't see that here. What I see is worship is defined by an individual and then a group of people recognizing that Jesus Christ is God and the crafter of you privately, individually, also wants to craft you corporately to come together to echo an idea, to echo a truth to a lot of people outside of this context. That even though that we're all unique and we have all these different styles and backgrounds and experiences we are unified under the one basic truth that we believe that that person that we talk about and read about is the son of god and he can redeem us we can actually come back to the creator who crafted us and become whole again and that in itself is worthy for us to gather and to set aside our differences and our styles and our opinions and our you know, 
and worship. Worship is recognizing that He is God, and what an amazing privilege that we have to be able to do that. How many of you have been in contexts and situations where you're in, in a very intense environment, maybe in this country or somewhere else, where it's just not that okay to be a part of this? And you kind of have to do it in a way that's kind of secluded. Has anybody ever been in that context? Have you ever been in a situation where you are persecuted for your desire to recognize? Could I say this? Could I say that sometimes on our amazing, beautiful campus, in our beautiful, amazing country that I'm so grateful for, that maybe we get a little soft. Maybe we kind of forget. Maybe we need to go to that hill. Maybe, maybe, if, maybe if we were scared for our lives at the crucifixion like they were. Maybe um, if it wasn't a choice for us or an option, unless we were willing to risk our lives, they would get back to that pure proscunetto. Are we, are we a little soft? That's your... That's your... That's mine. That's us. What, what echoes? How do we echo outside of this place? I was messing around uh, um, with some side jobs with my wife. She's a real estate agent. And uh, uh, these people left town and their house is a mess and it wouldn't sell. And so she got some people to buy it as an investment property. And so I needed to sneak over there and uh, um, do some plumbing. And so I'm over there and... Uh, we can't even get our car in the driveway you know, to do this work and drywall some stuff because people know that the house is abandoned. They're parked everywhere. And so I kind of park in this section and there's this one truck that's just like up on the curb and hanging over. And, and uh, um, so she called the, the number on the truck and said, hey, if you could have this truck moved. All right, that was... The next day, I'm over there by myself, and this guy's banging on the door. And I've got my nice IW hat on backward, you know, and my, one of my 10,000 IW shirts, you know, on that's got paint all over it. And it's like, hey. And this, this guy just rips me left and right. I mean, the words that were coming out of his mouth, just everything you can imagine. And he wants to know who this blank, blank, woman, blank, 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 blank is who sold him out. Now, I'm just going to be straight with you, okay? Where's the Hudson boys? Uh, you know this. Hudson's, Hudson has us naturally. You don't let everybody mess around with your woman, right? Right, Hudson? Say something. Okay. 
proud of Hodson, the freshmen and the lifers. Good for you guys. Keep it up. All right. And so what do I want to do? What do you think I want to do? Do I want to echo the love and mercy of Jesus in that moment? Do I want to echo that? I want to go after him. I'm not that big a bro, but you know, I've been around the weight room a little bit. <laughs> I, want to, I want to go after this guy. And he's standing there and he's ready to roll. He's ready to go after because somebody called him and said to move his truck and now he's in trouble with the company and all this kind of stuff. And this bro was tatted up like you would not believe. And then I noticed in his clenched fist on each arm, on one side forearm, it, it said grace. And the other side, it said mercy. And then with all this other stuff. And he's just going off. And so I'm looking at him, and instantly the Lord had mercy on me. Maybe he was trying to preserve my life. I don't know. But basically in that moment, I noticed the grace and mercy. And so I don't know why this came out of my mouth, except maybe I'm a smart aleck. I don't know. But I looked at him, and I said, okay, let's do this. Or I mean, what are you, you, you going to hit me with first, grace or mercy? But you're not, you're not going to talk like that about my wife, because that's my wife who called, and she just simply asked you to move your truck. So, so is it grace or mercy? Grace or mercy? Which one? Which one do you want to swing at me with? Grace or mercy? He just looked at me, I mean, like in disbelief. It's like, is it grace? You're going to extend grace out, come across with grace? You're going to have mercy on me with with. With the right? What's, what's up? What's up? What's, what are you getting He turned around and just walked away. And so it's like, well, okay, he's walking away. So I text, you know, Joy. It's like, hey, um, I almost got beat up with grace and mercy. But I was standing up for you, rock and roll. So it's a couple hours. It's hot. It is so hot. It's August. It's brutal. You know what I'm talking about? Good old Indiana. I'm even the corners wilting and suffering, and I'm out here like drywalling and painting, and, and it's about 4:30, and I'm done, and I'm hauling all this stuff out to the truck. And all of a sudden, this guy walks across the street, and it's like here he comes again, but this time he has something in his hand. I can't see it. It's like back here. It's like oh man. Lord, I love you. I started singing some worship songs. It's like, this is it, man. And uh, he comes up. He goes, hey, I'm sorry. And it's a Mountain Dew. We all know that Mountain Dew is the official drink of IWU. Correct? I mean, sometimes I would just take, get a Mountain Dew bag and put an IV into my arm. It's like, <laughs> just to make it through the camps. And he pulls out this Mountain Dew and he puts it right in front of me. And uh, um, I had just, <laughs> I had just been on this deal where, where I wasn't drinking any soda. And I'm trying not to have wheat, you know, and, and you know, all those things and, you know, getting a gluten-free thing from Starbucks that tastes terrible, all right? Because anything that tastes good is deep-fried and wrapped in bacon. I mean, we all know that, all right? He sends the Mountain Dew and he puts it out there. 
Because I'm sorry, man. I'm just, it's been tough. And uh, uh, yeah, man, I, I accepted Jesus, you know, just recently. And man, I just, I wanted to put grace and mercy remind me. And uh, yeah. And that's how guys talk. Hudson, you would know, like, which means I love you, thank you, I forgive you. Please receive my forgiveness. That's what that means. In case ladies you didn't know. You guys have your own language too, so don't worry about it. Ew. And it's like, oh no, you didn't. As you have your own little ways. And then, uh, um, I know this sounds really weird, but this, this idea of echo comes back into my mind. It's like, uh, um, how do I worship him privately, Proscuneto? How do I worship him corporately, Proscuneto? How do I worship him in environments that I wasn't planning on worshiping him? And I, I think at that moment, I think at that moment the Holy Spirit helped me echo grace and mercy to some random guy. And we sat down and I broke my non-Mountain Dew fast and we sat there and talked about his story of redemption. Kind of going back to what we just said. And basically... Feel that God received them back, brought them home. If you've ever been there, if you've ever been in that place where you've been redeemed, where God brought you back to Himself, then you and that guy and me, we have this amazing privilege to privately. Seek him in spirit and in truth and recognize his prominence, presence in our life privately and in seeking and pursuing him privately. You'll notice that some of the garbage and then when we come together corporately in this place, you'll notice something else. That the spirit of our chapel is the opportunity to give honor and glory to Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, God. And some of the other stuff I don't care. I don't care what instrument it is or what voice. It's really not that big a deal. And I don't care what class I just came out of or what class is coming next. It's our opportunity. It's our chance to go back to that hill to go back to that spot and to say to him, 
you are God, and we recognize that you are God, and we submit to you individually and as a body. And that will echo. It will echo. It will echo. What do we sound like to everybody else? What do we sound like to each other? I'm going to echo. I'm going to echo this. And I'm going to echo it with you. I'm going to be a part of something that echoes so loud and clear that people want to know what, what's happening here. Let's do our amazing individual things and let's study our specific disciplines. Let's come together. Let's come together and worship. Father, in your name, I ask, God, that you recognize our love. Father, in our gratitude that we have for you, for who you are. Father, that in that we will recognize who you are and we will worship, we will prosecute that, we will see you clearly and our response is to put the main things right to the forefront and fight and live and echo your name. Amen. Hey. That's the privilege we have here. It's what we get to do. So let's get busy doing it. Have a good day.